You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us. And we appreciate that. Wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Follow the show on Twitter, Game Plan TSM. T as in tacos, S as in sangria, M as in margaritas. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Coach Ken underscore TNBA. Again, Coach Ken underscore T as in Jason Tatum, N as in Nate Robinson, B as in Brandon Bass, A as in Admiral Schofield. All right, all right, man. Sounds sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Um, we're gonna get right into it. Uh, most times we don't shy away from talking about you know some of the things and some of the issues going on in the world, in specific, and not because you know we're not really capable of doing it. It's because by and large we really like to come in here and really just have a whole bunch of fun. But at a moment such as this, we can't even avoid what's been going on out there. And because we're equipped to deal with it, we're going to talk about it. So, Kennedy Miller, how have you just been feeling about everything going on with George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and everything else, man? And just seeing the country essentially go up in flames here over the past week or so. Like, how are you just feeling personally about everything? It's a lot of different emotions. Upset would be the first as to how uh, my people are treated in this country. But it's nothing new. It's something that we've seen in our lifetime, that our parents have seen in their lifetime, that our grandparents have experienced in their lifetime. And so these are uh, now being able to be broadcasted for the world to see how hard it is being African-American in, in this in this in this society, in this country. And, you know, I I hated seeing that video, um, but I think this may be the first time that it's really there is no debate for white people because you know a lot of times in the the previous murders of uh a trayvon martin or um a mike brown it always had to be qualifiers well what were they doing well you know they were oh well mike brown was he was he was stealing something Oh, well, he shouldn't have been stealing. And now it's like, oh, well, what was George Floyd doing? Oh, well, he was being arrested for forgery. Yeah, counterfeit money. Comes to find out the money wasn't counterfeit. And so when you see the whole footage, you're like, okay, there's no way that if you have common decency as a person that you would try and advocate for these officers like it was murder. And so now I guess my next emotion would be I'm I'm happy that more races and and everybody else is starting to speak out about it mm-hmm. and and protest and do all this stuff but it's like where do we where do we go after this? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Now now we're all aware that these things happen. So what do we do with it? And so that that is the point that I'm at right now, but it, it was it was terrible to see a person that looked like me being just killed in the street. And the way that he was killed with a man just a, a knee on his neck for nine minutes, just cold hearted. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I'm, those are those are just 
a couple of my emotions right now. Uh, for me, there are a few things. So my first question was, why is this the one to make people look up and say, holy hell, what is going on? Because I can point to a zillion and one videos of people getting choked out or beat or shot running away that are on camera, on video for people to see. And there hasn't been this sort of worldwide response to it. Mm -hmm. And a response to the point where everybody in their mother at this point who has a platform or every company you can think of has said something, right? And my issue mm -hmm. with a few people, not even a few people, there's a lot of companies, people in general, who have put out statements that are really, really passive and not laying blame on anyone. Statements saying we, we need to embrace diversity and root out prejudice and bigotry and we need more accountability and my question right. always has been accountability of who and joel anderson of slate and howard bryant the brilliant writer for espn the magazine they've, they've noted the great majority of the statements you we've read over the past couple of days make no mention of the police uh, mm -hmm. or they're trying to play both sides of this like dak prescott's statement today dak prescott said very little Say we we I condemn racism and this that and the third, but made sure he let people know that he does not support rioting and looting, and he does all of that before he gives one million dollars to the Dallas police. So, right. Kennedy Miller, I'm gonna read you a statement right quick from a company, and I'm gonna let you guess who this is from. To kind of just like like underscore you how just bad most of these corporate statements for most of these sports teams have been. And the statement reads as follows. We are heartbroken by the tragic events happening all across this country. We remember the lives of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all those who have been needlessly lost. We acknowledge the ongoing struggle of our friends and families in the black community, and we heed the call to show support for the movement underway. Everyone must acknowledge that black lives matter. Our government, our police, and we as a people must reflect on the type of country in which we wish to live. This broken system must be reformed. We are currently engaging with our network to determine a path forward that will affect lasting change. Love, then peace. You want to guess who that statement was made by? Uh, who could that have been? All right, I'll just tell you. Tell me. That was from Vixen Media Group. Vixen Media Group. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're not sure, as I'm sure most of, our, most of our listeners are not sure, that is a porn company, oh, wow. ladies and gentlemen. That is a porn oh, company. Wow. Yes. And so... If a porn company, if Booty Inc. is making a stronger statement on this than the majority of the sports teams we're talking about, the majority of whatever else anybody else has said, that's one of the stronger statements mm -hmm. I've read. Right. But, like, I am happy that other people are finally seeming to be waking the hell up about stuff such as this. But unless we're going to lay the blame where it needs to be laid... And like we there's not blame on both sides because a lot of people seem to be much more upset about the rioting and the looting than the people getting beat up and shot and killed in the street. Right. So if a lot of these statements, in my opinion, if they're not going to lay the blame at the feet of the police for most of this, you can leave your statement on the playground. We really don't need it. Or, or am I tripping? Help me out here. No, you're not true. Um, and now, you know, it, it's starting to kind of feel like I feel like companies are forced to release these statements. And it, it's it's the unpopular thing now if you don't because you're going to get called out. So they're like they're kind of being peer pressured in like we might not believe this, but let's just say something like we, we have to say something so that uh, the African-American community or other communities don't really combat us. But 
you know, like you said, if push comes to shove, if we do say something, we're going to just teeter to both sides. Racism is bad. Well, we know racism is bad. But that that's not all that's 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 being talked about here. It, it's been innocent African-American men that are being killed at the hands of the police. And that is the problem that we're trying to address. That is the problem that Colin Kaepernick was trying to address when half of these companies did not stand with him or support him or did not try and empathize to understand what he was trying to say. No, it is not about the military. It is not about your grandparents that fought in World War whatever because my grandfather fought in World War II. My grandfather is a vet just like yours. However, that still does not change the fact that black men are being murdered by police officers in this country at an alarming rate. Innocent black men. You just that that was that was a word right there, Kennedy Miller. That was a word. I think also I think, you know, for me it's just been a trying couple of days because I think what a lot of people have come to realize in I think in the issue of people have with the, the protesting the right way and this, that and the third since the Rona's kind of broke out, you have seen people all over the country, white men with M16s, AR15s, shotguns, AK47s have sh- shown up at these state house capitals yelling, hollering, acting a plum stone fool. And the police just show up and don't do nothing. Right. And unarmed black folks get out in the street. Like, hey, could you treat us with some basic respect and human dignity? You get tear gassed. Like, at that point, like, for somebody like me, I I don't know what you want me to say at this point. Like, because people always make a bigger deal about not the message, but the way it's being delivered. Mm -hmm. But if I try to deliver the message in the way that you want it to be delivered and it's still a problem, then the problem isn't really what you say is the problem. The problem is, in fact, me. Exactly. So I don't want to hear about protesting the right way. I don't want to hear about, you know, people saying they need peaceful protests. Because like you said before, Colin Kaepernick peacefully protested. Colin Kaepernick was not out there with a bullhorn, stepping on the flag, wiping his behind with it. He was peaceful. He was off by himself. Silent. Mm-hmm. And he lost his career for it. And now, people saying they want peaceful protest. When I gave you peaceful, peaceful protest, everybody had a problem with it. I think at this point, a lot of people need to reconcile with themselves that their issue isn't protest or how it's being done. It's the fact that this country invariably, inextricably hates black people. Absolutely. I, I don't. I don't think there's any other way for me to say that. But hatred of black people is as American as apple pie, it's as American as baseball, it's as American as anything else. And until we rid our country of that original sickness of that original virus, man, we still gonna be here. You got anything else to add before we head on the break? You know, we could talk about this stuff all night, to be honest. But I, I think I think I'm just gonna leave it right there, man. But you that was a that was a great word that you just that you just spit out, man. That's a great word. We're gonna leave it right there. But we will be back with more of the Game Plan Podcast on the other side of the break. Don't go too far. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That is T as in tacos, S as in sandwiches, M 
as in marmalade. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Coach Ken underscore T N B A. Again, Coach Ken underscore T as in Timberwolves and as in Brooklyn Nets. B as in Boston Celtics and A as in Atlanta Hawks. All right. All right. We're going to keep the conversation going. Last segment, we're talking about George Floyd and some of the protests that have been taking place um, around the country. And we're going to kind of keep it there. We're still going to tie this in the sports here. But something that I noticed across the timeline and just really out there in the streets over the past few days as these protests have been going on, Kenny Miller, uh, something I've always told people, historically, every movement to improve the lives of marginalized citizens, whether that be black people, the Hispanic community, the LGBTQ community, every single one of those movements, they needed white support in order to get their goals accomplished. And as I was out there at a protest in Dallas, Texas, I would say Saturday afternoon, something that struck me was the number of white people there. Because eight years ago, after George Zimmerman was acquitted, I went to a rally in Houston, Texas, and there were no white people there. And fast forward to last Saturday, there were white people everywhere. White people with signs, they were out there, and they seemed to be out there in full effect, full force, the whole nine yards. But right. a certain part of me, I'm kind of, I guess you could say skeptical to a certain degree, because it's not like people have not been getting their kicked by the police. It's not like George Floyd was the first one. It's not like that was the first one on camera. It's not like that was the first dude we've ever seen get choked out or beaten, killed or shot. Why was this America's burning bush road to Damascus moment? Why did this moment make white people look up and say enough is enough, right? And if they are out there, are they sincere? Because, you know, I'm asking, you know, we've seen the Blackout Tuesday thing, right? Mm. We've seen people out here blacking out their Twitter avies or their, or, their, or their Instagrams or things like that who ain't said a word about none of this stuff ever, you know? And again, I start to ask, are you really down or is it something you're doing because it looks cool? Are you treating this like the ice bucket challenge? Are you treating this like a social gathering? And I asked that question because there were a couple of people who, out, who went out here and blacked out their avies and went out there and talked out their the next moment. Drew Brees, I'm talking about you. The Washington Redskins, I'm talking about you. The San Francisco 49ers, I'm kind of talking about you. All the NFL owners who donated tons of money to Trump's campaign and re-election campaign and these Trump-related super PACs, I'm kind of talking about you too. So at a certain point, I am glad there are white people out here in the streets that seem to be down for the cause. But I'm also skeptical that some of some of these folks are still treating are treating this like a fad. It, you know, am I making any sense here? No, you're absolutely making sense. Um, I, I've seen people that I know, like, or have have even, maybe I'm being too particular with it, but even liking the post. Like, I feel like, why are you liking the post if you haven't said anything that equates to liking what, I, what I'm posting? Um, but yeah, it, the Drew Brees thing today, I think that's kind of what struck a lot of people the wrong way same thing with the uh with the 49ers i forgot about that when they posted the black screen as well and then we remember all the problems that colin kaepernick was facing i'm looking at some of it like so i think what's most offensive to a lot of people is that some people are beginning to treat this as some kind of a fad 
So I'm not mm-hmm. sure, Kennedy Miller. Uh, I'm currently enrolled at UNT up in Denton, Texas. You're a graduate. Right. Um, Kennedy, would you describe University of North Texas as the most racially, you know, there were some racial things that happened on campus. Am I right? Right. Absolutely. Uh, if there was ever like a black student union thing, there were always white students asking, why is there, why is there a white student union? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. so did it shock you? Like when you saw videos of like tons of white people out at the protest in Denton square, like it was tons of them. Like, and I would dare say there was more white people out there than black people. Right. Did not shock me at all. And, so I was like, all right, how many of y'all are really here, really down? You know, you don't want to question people's motive. You have to hope they're out here for the, you know, for the altruistic reason. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I lead a protest, you start seeing videos pop up on Twitter of them playing finito and them having a mosh pit out there. Like it's a concert. Like we have f-ing jambalaya. Yep. Like nothing is more offensive than that because there are people out here in this country who are seriously fighting for this, who are out here in the streets day in day out getting tear gassed getting shot with rubber bullets dying out here getting beaten getting taken to jail mm-hmm. and you out here treating this like this is like this is a concert that right there is why i'm starting to question is why i question some people that right there is why i'm looking at pe- some people kind of sideways especially if you've never shown interest in these things before and if you've in fact been on the oppositional side to these things before am i making sense no you absolutely are and it you know along with you know things are starting to open back up and you know kind of like how you put it, it it just seems to some people like it's just a fad like the cool thing to do i know some people going so i'm just gonna go out there too i'm gonna you know chant a little bit but in the the case of the the didn't um, protest, it, it's going to turn into a party, and it's not a celebration for anything. We're not celebrating anything. We're actually protesting because we're upset about something. Yeah, it's really confusing. It's really irritating um, to try and figure it out as far as who is really on our side and who is just out here just for the Instagram post for the nice photographs. Somebody's got a cute sign. Let me post that. But I don't really care about the innocent lives that are being lost at the hands of the police. I totally agree. And I think for me, it's for me, it's like really frustrating because there are some white people who are, who are genuinely down, who are genuinely riding and been riding for a minute with us. Right. Right. But like I said, there are some folks out here who I'm looking at real sideways and real funny. And I almost want to ask the question to some to some of them. What made you come to this realization all of a sudden? What? Right. Like, what was it? What reckoning have you had within yourselves and your views about race and policing and things of the sort over the past day, week, month? Like, who have you talked to to change your perspective on this? Or did you just see the light? Yeah. And if George Floyd happened to make you see the light, how is that one the one to make you see the light when there's been 50 million other lights that's come before that look, that look just like it? Yeah, um, like we talked about in the last segment, I think for for some white people, I feel like they, because they can't qualify this one. They can't say, oh, well, uh, he was running from the police. Oh, well, he was a threat to the police. Oh, well, he was a criminal that was against the law. They can't say anything on this one. And they see the whole they see a, a a nine minute footage of a man literally dying. 
and they they don't they don't have an explanation anymore hmm. i was going to say that i think that's a very fair point and i do want to address one one thing like you said a lot of people try to use the cop out of respectability well he was committing a crime he has previous criminal activity and things of the sort um right that's still no reason to kill somebody eric garner exactly was selling untaxed cigarettes on the street or had been arrested previously previously for selling lucy's that shouldn't mm-hmm. be a death sentence michael brown you know stealing some cigarillos from the store petty theft it's not a death sentence right uh walter scott didn't want to pay his child support and he had just gotten pulled over and he didn't want to go to jail right that's not a death sentence for anybody right and so when people make that argument, they're almost saying just because you've engaged in any kind of criminal activity at that point, you have no rights that the state or anybody else is bound to protect or respect. Exactly. And it's that those cops that did that, they don't have the right to play judge, jury and executioner at that moment like that. That's not what their title holds. And you see it. Like, okay, so when the Trayvon Martin thing first happened and, you know, the Mike Brown thing, you know, that narrative is being pushed. Oh, well, it's a criminal. He was doing this, this and this. He shouldn't have been doing this, this and this. And then you see the white guy go in and shoot up the whole church. And they take him to Burger King. And it's like, okay, well, what do we say about this? Like these people that you just named had no weapons, were doing petty crimes, and yet one man murders and goes up and shoots a sanctuary, and he gets taken out. And they say, Before we take you down there, what would you like to eat? Some chicken fries? Come on now. Like that, that's what, that's what really, that's what to me it was like, okay, there's clearly a double standard going on, and we have to realize this. And for the people that's like, all lives matter, you know, not just, we ain't saying nobody else's life don't matter. We're just saying that you need to understand that black lives are being taken at an alarming rate, innocent black lives, from the hands of the police. Black lives matter. Like, you don't have to just generalize to everybody because everybody ain't going through this. Uh, When folks talk about uh, the Twin Towers and 9-11, right? To talk about how the towers mm-hmm. fell. You never see somebody pop and say, hey, man, all skyscrapers matter. All buildings matter, baby. The Sears, the Sears Tower matters. The Capitol Records building in, in Los Angeles matters. Nobody ever goes out and says that, right? But, yeah, you know, I'm going to say this, and I think it's about time for us to wrap this up and go to break. What I want people to really think about here is, in America, a lot of times we tout how far we've come uh, that this is not the 30s the 40s the 50s and the 60s and yet and still there are still people in the street talking about the same things they were talking about 40 50 and 60 years ago there are still people in the street with i am a man signs black lives matter signs respect my life signs black people are still out here fighting to be treated with basic human dignity and that hasn't changed. So as far as America thinks it's come at a certain point, I dare say America's barely reached bare minimums. 
And I think we're really backsliding on that. We're going to leave it right there. We're going to get to the sports in the next segment. We promise you that this is the Game Plan Podcast. Please don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Tacoma, S as in Seattle, M as in Marietta, as in Marietta, Georgia. Follow the show on Twitter at Game Plan TSM. Again, that's Game Plan TSM. That's T as in Tom, S as in Sarah, M as in Mother. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at T at Coach Ken, excuse me, underscore T N B A. Again, Coach Ken underscore T as in Temple University and as in University of North Texas. B as in Boston College. A as in Arizona State. All right. All right. Uh, because of the Rona, there hadn't been very much sports. The one league that has been trying to come back, and they've been trying to figure it out for days, weeks, and months. They've had various plans come up. And I think they finally have a solid plan. So, Kennedy Miller, tell the good folks at home about the NBA's plan to return to action. So, it's going to be a 22-team format that's going to begin July 31st. Um, they're set to agree on it tomorrow. Um, we're talking on a uh, on a Wednesday, so Thursday. They will be set to agree on it, but they'll play at uh, Disney's ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, and it'll be all the teams that are in the playoffs right now and teams within six games of a final playoff spot. So uh, in the Western Conference, the extra teams will be the Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns and Trailblazers. And then in the Eastern Conference, it'll just be the Wizards. And so it'll be eight regular season games. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the next eight games on your schedule that was how it was before everything went down. And then it'll be a potential play in tournament to determine the playoff field for those last seeded teams um, on each side of the conference. So, let me, so they, there are. How many teams in the Western Conference side? 12? So it's going to be 13 teams in the West. Okay. So it's going to be your top eight. So the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies. And then the five extras will be the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns. And then in the Eastern Conference, it'll just be one extra team in the Wizards. So basically, they're just trying to figure out the out of those six six those six teams in the West. Who's going to be that final eighth slot? Am I? Do I have that right? Right. And then, I mean, because it, it's interesting because when all things had stopped, you look at a Trailblazers team who had been on a losing streak and then Damian Lillard gets hurt, and then you kind of think, oh, we're supposed to miss some weeks. The Blazers might not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Nurkic wasn't healthy. You know, they probably weren't going to make it. And now they get a second chance at life, and I think, if you really look at the rosters in these five teams who is left, I think the Blazers have the best chance to be that eighth seed. I think they're the best team. Um, and then on the East, you look at John Wall, who it, it's been 
I want to say about a year and a half since he's played. And I, I, I wouldn't expect him to play uh, coming back. But if he did choose to play, that Wizards team, I think, has an argument to, to make it to the eighth seed. And then if they play Milwaukee, I don't think they beat Milwaukee. But I think it, it's a way more interesting series than seeing the Magic, who I believe have no chance in even winning a game against the Bucks. But with the Wizards, with two all-stars, they can win one. I think maybe they could win one with Milwaukee being rusty. Who, who knows? I think that's a very good point. I think I've been a long proponent, and me and you have talked about it for a while, of canceling the whole season. Because mm-hmm. at this point, my question is, is it worth having a season if the basketball could potentially be subpar? These guys have not played in three months in as a group. And it's going to be close to four and a half months, more than four and a half months, once things finally start start rolling again at the end of July. So how you know how right. much rust, how good a shape are these guys going to be in? Not even not to mention the fact that yo, this could kill people. People were really going to be out here risking their lives to play basketball. And like my whole question for the NBA is: so if they if the season is planned from if I have this right, what I'm looking at. July the 31st with Game 7 of the NBA Finals potentially ending on October the 12th. Do I have that right, Kennedy? Yes. Um, when does your new league year begin? When is free agency? When does your When is your right. draft? When does the preseason for next season begin? Uh, are you going to play all 82 games next season? When do you get back on your reg- regularly scheduled program? When do you get your yep. regular schedule back together and by pushing all by trying to string this out as long as they could to into october like next season was supposed to start like october the 15th 16th right Mm -hmm. so and then you're supposed to have four months off until the next regular season begins so are we not going to see the nba until february that's a great question and or like, or does this just become the new NBA schedule? And you know, now that I think about it, if they if the season did act like the season from now on did just start regularly in February, that wouldn't be a bad thing because the majority of people do not start paying attention to NBA basketball until after the Super Bowl in the college football national championship game. Mm-hmm. So starting. And it, in February wouldn't be the worst idea because at that point you would then be the only game in town. The problem would be your season would be ending as college football and professional football is right. finally starting to rev up. But on the other side of that, the NBA playoffs is the best thing going 40 games at 40 nights. So if this is the new normal on one hand, there are some, you know, good things. There are some like bad things because the NBA would not want to compete with, Saturday night football, like a Clemson Alabama game potentially, or Eagles Saints game on Monday night. You know what right. I mean? Does, does that make any sense? No, and that's the thing we we kind of talked about it off air. But the game seven is supposed to be October twelfth. You know that weekend, and I I say you know unless it's LeBron James that's in the finals, who will attract the ratings and and especially playing with the Lakers as well. But say, you know, it, it's small market teams like a Milwaukee and a, the, the Clippers. Who, I mean, they'll get good ratings, 
But, you know, that weekend, Florida plays LSU. The Cowboys play the Eagles. Um, UT plays Oklahoma. So it, it, it's really it's going to be really tough to keep the viewers attracted to something if it's not, you know, one of those main teams in the NBA or it doesn't have like like the LeBron James. Like as basketball fans, we like watching Giannis and we like watching Kawhi Leonard. But sometimes it's the storyline that gets those average viewers. Is LeBron going to win another championship? Is he going to re- win a ring for the Lakers? Uh, with you know the things that happened with Kobe, how's that all that gonna go? Especially after this Rona thing. So that's what's gonna make more people watch it. I think LeBron is the only person that can carry that kind of clout right now for the league to compete with uh, the NFL and college football. You make a good point. You make a really, really good point. And something I know I'm not the first person to say this. I'm not sure who I heard say this first, but people have always said like these sporting events are TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. There are protagonists, there are antagonists, right? Exactly. And, you know, they're selling a narrative going in. They're selling something to get you to watch it. And what you're saying is LeBron James is the only person that can make this TV show worth viewing, right? It's almost exactly. like, uh, you know, sometimes you hear about a new Fox is promoting a new TV show. They're like, well, who's the main character? And it's somebody we don't know. Oh, we ain't watching that. Yep. Or because, you know, I will watch like first time I watched Blackish was strictly for Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross. Mm-hmm. I ain't know nobody else involved. I said Anthony Anderson is pretty funny. Tracy Ellis Ross is pretty. I'm in. But, but you already know you have. I'm a, I'm a type of guy. If I go to the movies and I'm in, the, I see the previews. If Denzel in it, I'm going to see it. If Leonardo DiCaprio's in it, I'm going to see it. The NBA finals were they, they were good last year, but the playoffs were good. But it was an element of a LeBron James team being in there that wasn't there. And either you love them or you hate them. And, you know, there's people in between, but people watch it because they're either really rooting for him or they, they're either really rooting for him to lose. And that, that like, Toronto was a, it was a good team. You know, they were a good team. Golden State got hurt, all that. And so if LeBron had been in there and he had to beat that Golden State team, ah, well, they were hurt. They were hurt. He didn't He didn't deserve it. He's still not better than Mike. He might not even be better than Kobe. And then it's another side. He's the greatest player of all time. He beat the greatest team. He beat one of the greatest teams of all time. And that's that's what that's what I think would, would keep them up there because – you're, you're not going to top NFL football. And then the storylines this year, are the Chiefs going to repeat? Tom and Tampa, what what will Lamar Jackson do? What, is he, what are the 49ers going to do? My Cowboys, we got a new head coach. Is my quarterback going to get paid? Can we go to the Super Bowl? Maybe. So, I mean, it, this, it the NFL this year has a lot of storylines, too. So, it's going to take somebody of that clout to help keep the ratings up. And because – you just mentioned that you know the Raptors were a good team and things of the sort but it did make me think you know I want to say in 2003 when it was the San Antonio Spurs and the New Jersey Nets one of the lowest viewed NBA finals ever because you had two really good teams but everybody was you know boring 
Like, to be fair, right. and I'm a lifelong Spurs fan. I would tell you something, man. Like, the Spurs have no characters. Like, the closest character they had was Steven Jackson. Mm-hmm. But there, there's nobody that jump, jumps out at you, though. We got to go see this dude. Somebody that will attract, like you said, the casual fan. So, I think you're right. If it is a Clippers-Bucks, if it is Clippers-Raptors, you know, people would probably say, you know what? I'd much rather watch college football. I'd much rather watch Buccaneers and Saints. I'd much rather watch Texans and Colts, right? I'd much rather watch Cowboys and Eagles. So, like, let me ask you this question. Do you think the NBA made the right decision in deciding to resume the season, despite the obvious logistical risk and health risks associated with it? Uh, as a fan, I would say yes, but, you know, if we're being real, probably not. I feel like they, they spent all this time trying to figure out when they can start and what would be the appropriate time for people to get back into shape, get back into playing shape and then, you know, try not to risk any injuries. But it's like, I don't, I feel like they didn't really factor in when it's going to end. And like you said, when will we get back to normal now? And so that's that's really the the question that I have. Um, and honestly, uh, what you know, how what style, what 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 level of basketball are we going to get? Are we going to get summer league play? Are we going to get people gassed with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, hands on their knees, people fumbling the ball, people shooting thirty five percent from the field? What if you if you're gonna tell me that this might be the best basketball that we're ever gonna get because of the layoff, so be it. But there can also be a level that this might be the worst basketball that we ever saw come playoff time. So I mean, I don't know. And then it's like, you know, there were some things that they were trying to experiment with as far as you know, the, the Bucks and the Lakers have fought all year to, to be that number one seed in their conference to get home court advantage all the way through. And everybody playing in one center, you're not going to get that advantage. And so, you know, they've tried to tinker with, oh, well, maybe the, uh, the, the higher seed will get to get the ball at the beginning of each quarter. They get the possession at the beginning of each quarter or they get to – it was something like put down their, their – pavement on the court just, just stupid stuff you know and it's like okay if we got to do all this all these all these gimmicks and stuff we probably shouldn't even have the season that i mean that's just how i feel i'd have to agree with you there and kenny miller i believe we are about out of time today we are about out of time you know we've kind of we kind of let the chopper fly in the first two segments Mm-hmm. But we you know we 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 done brought it back in. But you know I, I've enjoyed this Kennedy Miller. So first off, let the folks know where they can find you on Twitter, Instagram, wherever else they can find you, man. Let them know. You can find me on Twitter at Coach Ken underscore T N B A. Again, Coach Ken underscore T, as in Tim Duncan. N as in Nate Robinson. B as in Baron Davis. A as in Anthony Hardaway. All right. All right, you can find me on Twitter 
at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Texas, S as in South Dakota, M as in Montana. Don't forget, everybody, Game Plan Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify. We are out of time. This has been the Game Plan Podcast for Kendy Miller. My name is Alex Goodwin, and we will see you next time.